you know, with the uh, water shortage, uh, most of it's gone into our building uh, because it's flooded. So once we've turned the taps off, I think you found the uh, water water stocks have come back online. So was that the the did the whole floor go? What happened? Oh, I think um, there's a few floors in the building, in, in one of the buildings in Queen Street, that we're, we're in that got flooded, and obviously with with the uh, shutdown and lockdown, uh, people have uh, obviously essential services and checking property services and taps and stuff uh, may have gone amiss. I got it. Um, last time we chat, you were in the, the thick of it. You've been going 20-hour days for weeks on end. It's been another couple of weeks. How's the energy? You look a bit more rested. You look like you've had a, a few more hours sleep. How's it been going? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, you know, getting getting through getting through the government stuff and and getting back out to our customers and working through the risks that are out there for for both customers and, and the bank itself, uh, and lots of changes pretty much weekly from government. So I think we're we're on top of that now, and uh, we're starting to get into a bit more uh, operating as normal now that we've moved from level four to level three and, and down to level two. So it's it's going well. What's been the biggest thing? You see, you've seen change in all the banks in New Zealand in the last two months that you've never seen before. What's been something that you've been like, holy shit, like this is, what surprised you the most from banks in the last two months? Uh, I think there's a couple of things that surprised um, me. Well, I don't say surprised, the stuff that I, I, I knew and, and, and things that I felt we needed to accelerate more into, uh, mainly around the use of your data and information and being dynamic. I think people have finally realized what that actually means when you have your information at your fingertips, when your bank can have your transactional data and your cloud-based data, and then you can have the information that's actually being changed on a daily basis from a government perspective. When you when you include that and you start to make business decisions, you can actually do that, do that from anywhere. I think most of the banks have to go through uh, shucks, how do we operate everyone working in a work from home environment? And I think everyone's got there. Everyone's sort of taking taking different times, you know. Like I was, my neighbours, uh, he banks. He's a he's a staff member at Westpac, and you know he was having to go in and sort that out. And BNZ pretty much moved to four and a half thousand people working from home pretty much straight away, and everyone got there in the end. But without this crisis, you wouldn't think to try those things and actually move that. And uh, I think the surprising thing is that. People want to work more flexibly in these uh, environments and in these ways, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, right? So over 4,000 employees, everyone goes virtual overnight. It's after two months, of staff out of the 4,000 are asking or thinking about um, potentially trying to work from home more. Like how, what's the, the feedback been from staff around more virtual work in the future? Remote work. Yeah, really positive. Uh, so not only from staff, but but from our customers. And so, you know, they're getting used to uh, seeing people, you know, on, on, on StreamYard, on Zoom, on Teams. And it's it's a normal mode of operation uh, today. I think that the difference here is not, not just the connectivity through technology. Uh, it's the value and information that you can provide. If you're a, you know, a banker or, or you're an advisor and you're, uh, upskilled with what's happening in the market, you know what's happening with GDP, you know where the hotspots are, you know, you know, in terms of your industry, where the ups and downs and the risks might be, 
you're going to be much more valuable to your customer. Mm. And that's really what customers want all along. So the, mm. the banking part is only one part, but the value that you can provide in terms of steering them away from risk or growing their business and being there to support them through that in different modes of that, I think that's the realism that banking has, has, has come to you know, know that they're more than just uh, the banking transactional debt yeah. component. Do you feel that the optics have shifted on the expectations of what a big business should look like now after all this with the virtual and kids in the background and dogs and cats and just humanizing shit that potentially wasn't as as seen before or the optics? Do you think the optics have shifted around the level of customer expectation or, or service now? Do you think, do you think yeah, it's changed? I do. I, I definitely think it, it has and I think it's really positive as well because it enables people to... Uh, bring their true self into the environment. You know, everyone's got uh, whether it's family, friends, loved ones, partners, dogs, cats. You, you know, you know, you name it. You've got it. So um, it's a part of your life, and uh, it doesn't stop you from being any less efficient or effective or productive. Uh, it's just managing around uh, your life and what you need to do. And what I what I like about it is the sense of you know, we're bringing the community back. And if you think about when we're going out of lockdown, you know, the one thing we've gone back to is what it was 30, 40 years ago, sense of community. And so it's buy local, stay local, play local, yeah. you know, it's do all those things. And you only have to, well, I don't know about you, but I only walk around the streets and I'm out and I'm seeing neighbours talking together and, uh, at the edge of their driveways and kids ro rolling in the street, you know, um, bikes and playing ball and, and that kind of stuff. People being more friendly in their neighbourhood. And I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's the community aspect coming back to life. But it almost feels in a, like, a, I think it was a Roger Dennis, I think was talking about, so he said, when the Christchurch earthquake happened, the community of Christchurch had this bond which tightened everything up. And it feels with this at a national level, it's done the same thing nationally for, you know, local, hyper local, local resiliency, all the rest of it. Do you think this is a blip in the radar or do you think that this is going to become a new way of how we engage and prioritize things that matter in the world? Because it's very easy after, you know, um, after Michael Jackson dies, he's number one again for the next two months while it pops again and then yeah. it slowly fades off. Do you think this is a blip in the radar of how we interact with each other or do you think human connections genuinely changed forever after this moment? Uh, personally, my personal view is I think we've changed forever. Uh, and, and again, I, I think that's positive because there's an element of – Yes, we've always had technology and people say, well, technology will take over everything and there'll be digital banks and digital currencies. And yet we might get a word down that pathway in some way, shape or form. And that's for the ease of convenience. But you know what? There's a personalised moment when it matters connection that people really uh, interact with and engage with. It's when someone's got that snippet of information that can really help you make an informed decision. Should I buy that next house? Uh, should I invest some more money into my into my business? Shucks, I'm I'm actually struggling here. What form of support do I need? You know, there's a human when it matters component to that, and that's now that we've seen that that can be done uh, through you know through this interaction, which I think is is created a new norm. Um, mm. What that's been created is is the fact that we're we're not structured infrastructure wise to actually develop this, and you only have to look at. Um, you know, the latest uh, spending patterns in both business and consumer, and we are at Christmas level spending patterns. Yeah, so just go there for a second. So everyone's cooped up at home. It goes yep. four to three. They start getting hyped. It goes three to two, and now dudes just getting active, and everyone's just starting to just get in, get in the mix. Did you 
is that good or bad and did you expect that uh one yes i expected it because when you you know when you loosen the screws and, and they come off people go and do certain things like you, you go get a haircut you go to your favorite cafe you know you go to all the things that in your community that you go to and you, and you want that sense of normality to feel you know close and connected and everything's going to be okay ultimately what people want is, is the fact the feeling of it's going to be okay um and so part of that is normality in terms of what they're doing i guess um you know predicting and, and having a look at it we did think that that we'll, we'll get high levels of spend patterns uh i think what's happened though is where you have infrastructure demand so things like transport you have to look at the couriers and see those guys are just getting slammed because of the online shopping right and there's only so many of them and there's only so so, so many day, hours in a day that they can see you're looking at a two-week time on parcels, whereas before you could do that, you could get it done within, uh, you know, sort of two or three days. And that's you know, the difference of shift between e-tail and retail. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic. So when we shift into the new norm, which we're doing now, we've got to understand that it's going to take a while for the infrastructure of this to, to, to catch up. And not that we should go backwards because the infrastructure is not catching up. Because if you go back into the look at the retail, retailers have got to look at footprint. They've got to look at physical spacing. They've got to look at if your volume used to be at 100%, uh, which was 1,000 people a day, it's now going to be halved because of physical yeah. spacing. So that that difference isn't going to change that shape away from you know the e-tailing and the e-commerce that's happening as well. And so we're just going to have to play a little bit of catch up on that infrastructure side. Mm. When so that's good, right? People are back out and they're getting active. They're getting haircuts. They're not being so smelly and they're looking a bit better, which is good to be seen in public. Because man, there have been some horrible hit quarantine haircuts that I've seen on a few of these calls that I've, with my buddies. It's a few people are going savage, mate. Um, when yeah. when you saw this all start to kick back, right? Let's talk about um, this rebuild phase. But before the rebuild, how much? How much did this cost New Zealand in terms of dollars in this last two months of being shut? Like how much, what was the cost of, of, of this financially that you think this has taken a hit on the country with? Oh, look, I'm, I'm only going to have a stand in the dark. I think, I think, look, we'll have a reduction in GDP, I think, in, in terms of, you know, the gross domestic product in terms of what's been driving around the country for, for eight weeks that we've been through this process and everyone's been sort of shut down. Um, you know, there are some industries that have been impacted. So I would expect GDP to have some sort of, um, you know, negative impact. Um, the bounce back on that, as a country, you know, you need to look at the government's giving out the door. You know, we talk, we're in the billions of dollars, right? We're, in the, we're well into the billions, we're into the 10 somewhere between 10 and 20 billion odd dollars um, in terms of that's costing. And that's just uh, from a fiscal country perspective. If you look at the um, impact on business and revenue, I think, you know, you're again looking at loss of revenue uh, for every business around the country, and, and, and including the big businesses, right? So you, you just saw, you even saw last night, Fletcher's having to lay off, you know, a whole bunch of staff. You're seeing people with a whole range of staff cuts. So revenue at the top line has been impacted. And I think you're, you're significantly into the billions again there if you think about the number of SMEs that, that drive this country. Uh, and, and that's the question I have is, is how fast does that sort of return? Uh, and it does return if people stay local and drive their communities and do that, uh, but we don't have the mix of offshore investment coming in in terms of that retail spend, and I think that's where um, we're really going to notice a difference. 
with all of the stuff that's been going on, what, what's been like the biggest battle off between those in the banking world of the biggest unknown that people are fighting over? Like what's the one thing that people are um, basically debating to and fro right now when it comes to the New Zealand economy within the banking sector? I think, you know, the banks uh, themselves have been working, you know, all of the banks have been been working really closely with the New Zealand Banking Association to try and be available for as many people as they can, both on a, on a consumer front uh, at a retail perspective and, and also on a SME perspective. I think the difficult part has been navigating, working with the government around uh, how to act, how to help people access the funding that they need. And you've seen the government come out with the small business uh, IRD scheme, which is which is you know really good for those uh, small type businesses. Um, the main problem, which I said last time, which all banks have had to, to contend with, is is the fact that. None of the banks are released from any of their provincial lending standards, and that's been a, a contention. So as you go through this, you know, we are unable to put people in a worse position. That's just a, a responsible lending perspective that all banks are obliged by. And it's a tough one because we want to do right by the economy. We want to drive the economy, um, but we also want to make sure that people are sustainable and safe going, going through this. And, and I think so the, the tension is between people who may not have had good business or management practice before and have an expectation that uh, the government will underwrite to a certain to an 80% standard uh, of sort of free cash. And got it. When you look at it, um, paying back that paying back that cash over a three year period is going to be quite tough for a lot of businesses, particularly if their revenue doesn't return, if offshore investment and tourist numbers don't return. And if it's a long tail for the recession to try and build its way, if it is a three-year thing, that you're then trying to pay back debt over over three years, which could still be a down down cycle anyway in terms of the money that exists for your business, right? So they're probably not thinking yeah. that now because they want the, the cash and then they're like, ah, oh, 80% free money, but no, I get that. So when it starts out again at, at zero, right, like, you know, the entire world for the first time in probably human history went pause commercially and economically, some parts are obviously still there. Obviously, America's still in lockdown in many places, all the rest of it. How do you see this now with obviously the budget coming out, different pieces that have already sort of dropped? How do you see this rolling out over the next six months? Between now and Christmas, What do you, how do you think the economy's, what pieces are going to go next, you think, to try and help restart the engine for the New Zealand economy? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, look, that's one of the things I'm really passionate about, about rebooting the economy and uh, and making sure we're supporting you know good level metrics for people to actually grow and drive their business. Uh, I, I think there's a series of things that, that, that will happen in terms of the next six months between the back end of the year. I think, I think you'll find firstly that a lot of us before will really drive community. And I think that's great because it brings a sense of pride back. So you'll have people go, you know, if they're gonna take leave, they're gonna go local and they're gonna go national around the country, which is great to support those economies. And, and you see it on TV now, people pushing that. And as a nation, there's nothing like a crisis to bring us all together and really, really tie us into to saying, right, we are a small nation, you know, a flightless birds. So uh, let's get around and, and make sure we protect one another. And, and I think that's well and truly underway. So that, that's one. Uh, secondly, I think there'll be a long tail of people that uh, may have taken either extensive funding to, to keep their business afloat, uh, particularly in that small business and that medium end, uh, to make sure that they can 
strategy work through that. Now, they're, they're going to need some help to make sure that they don't put other asset classes at risk, i.e. the family home, and some structuring around how we do that. That's where I think uh, the banks, of the you know, in, in particular, have a responsibility that for us to work through those structures and make sure that we can support customers to actually structure it appropriately, to not put themselves in positions that are going to make them any worse, uh, but to also help work with the government and provide uh, new new standards around what we might need to, to do. And I think you'll find things like trade credit coming on, on, online a lot more. I think people might be prepared to pay a little bit more of a premium to get access to that funding. I think you'll find people might look for factoring solutions or invoice finance solutions and asset finance type stuff as opposed to sort of long-term debt so that you can manage the, the needs of the cash flow in and out of your business as it's going forward. Um, I think you'll find a lot of businesses reduce their spend, uh, particularly on fixed and variable costs. If you don't need that subscription, then you probably won't have it. You know, if you don't need that Sky TV uh, playing in your background uh, while you're out serving customers, then don't have it. You know, those sorts of things will, will really help uh, businesses survive. And then I think you'll see collaboration in the form of both B2B for business, uh, but more collaboration from my perspective that I'm really passionate about is driving that digital new New Zealand, which is highly active. Uh, engage with your information on your business on a daily basis, really dynamic through things like our My Business Live platform. Uh, origination, we'll be, we'll be looking at digital origination, importing information in and out of there, connecting to all the information sources so that we can add a, a whole lot of value uh, to customers. That, that's sort of what I see. Yeah, there's it's a few few bits of there to, to unwind up. The Just quickly on the, the, the creative ways to to grow so you so you basically businesses now are going to have to have more creative approaches to how they do business of what the ways they could structure things what's the most kind of creative some of the creative things that you've seen happen for business owners say in this last month of how they've restructured or repositioned their business to the to the market in terms of when it comes to either their banking relationships or actually just thinking about money for survival for their for their company like what's some of the the cool little ninja moves you've seen people some people try and pull off during those times yeah, well, look, first, it's, it's about being simple. So, you know, business can be as complex or as simple as you, you want it to be. Um, and, and even myself, you know, I've, got, I've got, um, worked through the process with my companies and, and working through what we have to do. So, you know, um, things, the, the, the ninja moves that have happened, as I, I talked about it before, the flip to uh, online and digital origination. So people still mm -hmm. doing business online in this channel uh, has really helped. You don't have to look at the fitness industry. You don't have to look at service-based industry, um, counselors and those, you know, those things are, are proven methods and methodologies that, that have worked. But you've also got it in big business too. So you've got management consulting and advisors actually working through this way. Um, we're seeing a, an uptick in certainly some of the consultancy uh, offshore where people, you know, we're in a different time zone. So think about that when you're thinking about what you're doing, particularly online, if you're in a different time zone, you have more access to different markets because more people are sleeping. If you're working overnight and you're turning stuff around, people are getting it the very next day. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And that's uh, one of the benefits for, for New Zealand. Um, the simple stuff around just restructuring your balance sheet, your P&L, you know, just removing the unnecessary costs, particularly variable costs. Um, and I, I talked about it last time. There's been some really neat moves around, uh, you know, creditors and other suppliers extending longer terms for people. So things of like landlords have been and really neat and supporting other businesses on rent and extending that out. Um, but then there's also uh, people actually looking at changing their entire business model 
which mm. which I think has been really positive. People have just flipped, right? They said, well, actually, I can run my entire business uh, on e-commerce and e-tail. I don't need my footprint now. So they're kind of changing that. And that's where I think that the dynamic of infrastructure uh, is going to change as well. I mean, exactly to that point, in, in the States, you know, they, um, Twitter's thinking about not ever going back to an H, HQ head office. Mm. Facebook and Facebook, Snap and Google have told everyone to stay at home to the end of the year, till 2021. Mm. So yep. they turned up to work in March, and then they're like, later, Bolt, see you in 2021. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of commercial real estate. It's a lot of space, a lot of offices. And I was talking to a buddy before, it's like, you know, if some of them go, well, then more of the, the other small businesses have to come. What happens to all those those market rents for a lot of these places? Even, you know, talking about hospo and, and retail, even with physical yeah. spacing, a lot of bars are done on, you know, the the ability to have a lot of people in a closed environment. Um, when it comes to, I guess, maybe just hospo for a second, like how do you think or have you heard or seen some of these different people in the hospo space look to kind of reimagine what their businesses could 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 look like? Um, have you Is there any stuff that come across your desk that, that seems like an interesting idea or, or stuff that you've kind of looked at it's, that you've kind of thought has been of value? Yeah, the hospitality has obviously been really impacted, you know, both in the accommodation space and in the, you know, restaurant bar space. And so a sort of the cultural hub piece. So if you go back to community, uh, as I talked about before, I think you'll find people will, will go local. So those people who live in Ponsonby will frequent the local Ponsonby bars and those sorts of things. And likewise in the suburbs and in terms of where you go. And a lot of people like the, the fact that you got you can get out. So I think um, what we've seen, though, is, is we've seen the connectivity of people, you know, sharing that human when it matters and that personalization approach. Um, you just look at the proliferation of the app house party. Look at that. And, and you just only have to see that to know that people are starting to, you know, there's, I, I saw someone do a cocktail party on, as a business, do a cocktail party on House Party. They sent everybody the cocktails, right? They, they actually sent them their own pre-made cocktails and they make them all up and then they made them together and had a team building session on House Party. Now, that's, that's, pretty, that's, cool. that's pretty cool, right? So... I think you'll get, um, you know, bars and hospitality starting to think outside the square. But I do think there's a place for our hospitality community hotspots to make sure that, you know, it's a vibe, it's a centre, it's where people congregate to to make sure they can just, you know, relax and, and treat the fact with, with their friends outside of their own home environment, particularly if you're working from home, you know, yeah. a, a lot of the time as well. But it's, got yeah. a, it's two, two parts, right? It's quite interesting because if, if you're in a hospital and you were built on, you know, transactions and as many people through the door, if people don't have that sense and pull with you, you're probably stuffed. But if you've got those relationships and depth and you've got that that kind of yeah. pull to the business, people want to back it and go local. And exactly to your point, I was just wondering, you know, well, instead of, you know, if you're a bar, say if you've got a depth of a relationship in, in the hospital space and you've got this sort of community, instead of having the people come to you, what products and services could you actually do to potentially go to them? What would that look like? You know, like yeah. maybe think, uh, I'm just really interested to see, especially with that, you're exactly right, that the need for human interaction and connection, it's just been amplified even more. So she's got us more connected than ever to, to, to run these, you know, billion dollar businesses all, all online and no one's physically in the offices, but people are missing that human interaction. But when it comes back to that, that point, what happens there? Um, I've, I've been thinking about this idea of um, the second drop that's coming where um, we're in a bit of a lull, right? We've, um, 
been on lockdown, being cooped up. We've gone out, we've spent some cash. We've got another bit of runway for this, this government wage subsidy. But if you're a business and if you've been shut for two months and then even if you open up in a certain type of business and let's say if you use 50% of your revenue, you may not be there and you, you may not be there for the future. What type of, do you think we're going to see another dip in terms of, you know, job losses, businesses shutting down, maybe they won't be able to get through, they won't have enough cash flow to get through the whole thing. Like what's this next, how do you see this next wave of, of business going? Because it's got, it's good for some, but obviously for, for others that maybe had weaker balance sheets or they've been exposed yeah. financially or just whatever. How do you see that playing out? Because that's going to have a, a, a another impact on the economy as well, right? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the, um, the bow wave of, of riding through the new normal around what we've got as an economy is going to be led by us as New Zealanders because the border is going to remain closed for some time. So if you go back to the markers of the economy and what's driving it, we're not going to have the inbound tourist numbers that we had. Yep, we might get trans-Tasman travel. Um, but if you look at trans-Tasman travel, most of that is based on people who either A, own business or do business in Australia and vice versa, Australia and New Zealand. So that's just people commuting back and forth. Like that's just like oh, I work, I live in, I live in New Zealand, but I work in Australia for the week. So that's a, a high percentage of that that um, is going to be driving that. I think where I'm focused and where, where the BNZ focused is on making sure that be, um, uh, customers actually uh, pivot and set themselves up for rebooting into a, a digitally engaged, and that's mobile-led, digitally enabled uh, service or product environment. So what that means is if you haven't already pivoted and got that strategy to be relevant and connected digitally and engaged, then you're going to miss a trick and you will end up uh, riding off the back of that bow wave and getting caught and swamped by that wave because there isn't any way you, you need a mix of both that, that physical and digital and that, you know, that together, digital, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the relationship mix to actually survive through this next period. Um, and there's only so much tipping money into a business model that isn't geared towards the future uh, that will be sustainable. And, and as I said earlier, what we don't want is we don't want people to go down that pathway and put family homes at risk because a lot of people use business back lending of their family homes and those sorts of things. Uh, so we really want them to engage with the tools that are actually out there to help them create new markets, help them to identify where should I put my uh, focus if I'm in hospitality. If I've, got, if I've got accommodation services in hospitality, what would I be really be looking at here? Uh, you know, because you're not going to be looking at a market that's going to be high uh, in terms of uh, tourism numbers coming through. So we might need to be looking at, okay, as we do infrastructure build and the government goes to shovel-ready crews and they start infrastructure development on housing because housing is still really critical, it might be temporarily you know, providing a workforce accommodation and key worker accommodation, you know, really thinking outside the square in terms of what that looks like. Have a look at, you know, Airbnb is just like, you know, sort of died, right? It died pretty quickly. And, and now bringing that back back online will only happen with the New Zealand economy when people go and stay in different places as we travel around. So, you know, I think rebooting the economy has to be focused on one, the new business model of the future for you and your business. So that's your product and your service, digitally enabled, mobile connected, and actually getting your community focused on promoting that for you. 
So I think those three things are really critical. Uh, and then working within the economy that we've got. So you know, the more people that support local and drive local, uh, the better it will be. Notwithstanding that, we've got the flip side of the other businesses that trade globally that are still doing really, really well. Exports are still doing really, really, really well. People still need our food. People still need our primary industries. So those people are still hiring and they're still driving. I think you'll see automation come in in a big way. I think you'll see people uh, really driving automation through their business if they can. Uh, so that does mean a change in workforce skill matrix. Um, that's something to watch out for as well. Yeah, I mean, within the the content space, I've always said, you know, like every brand's going to become its own media thought of every business as its own you know media engine that that tells its stories and does its thing and and talking to the bro mike from the installer and he talks about what he's starting to talk about now like how every business is its own software company everything everything is its own digital digital base first and it builds on top of that right and and just even this that thinking regardless of what you're in of, of how you can you know utilize technology smarter that's more efficient obviously mobile led engage notifications yeah. uh, that whole that whole world but there there is this kind of balance of Barry the plumber. Barry the plumber from Gore. He doesn't know that that world. He doesn't sense with that world. But it's almost in a in a funky way that the minority of those that weren't in the cloud before in digital are now almost the majority, right? So it's, I think that's kind of flipped because now everything needs to be on. You know, where's your your Google page for this? Why is you? Do you have a Gmail address? Not your actual website. Why does you know? Like I think this there's this there's a big. I don't, I don't know if it's business digital, digital literacy, but there's, there seems like there's a big there's a big gap for the masses that we're seeing as a minority that are now almost the majority, right? Yeah, and so it's an interesting point. So if you think about um, industrialization and you think about the revolutions we've gone through, you know, so right back from where to go, and you get to what happened in the early, in later 1800s and the, the automation industrialization that we did there, and you go through to the bricks and mortar, everyone went to a store and bricks and mortar, then you go to payments and what we did with payments, and then you connected that to banking, and so we've, we've flipped again from bricks and mortar to being in the ether. What COVID's done is shown us that the fourth re- revolution around uh, digital you know, digitization, and I call it mobile first, digitally enabled, that's really where we've moved to really fast. So you you can have your own digital platform and your own digital layer, but guess what? You don't have to own it, and collaboration here is the key. So if you want to grow your business, collaborating and having your data sets sitting in other data sets so you're connected with other areas that you might be buried a plumber and gore, but what's stopping you from having your information with all the housing builders, all the builders who, who build housing, all the council, uh, all, all the people who are close and around Gore uh, that you might be able to get to on a transport basis, right? Because there's nothing stopping you from then saying, wow, there's heaps more I could do rather than just the one man band. I might be able to actually take over three um, of Darius Plumber's competitors who are all one-man bands, bring them together and collaborate and say, look, guys, we need to come together as one business. Um, it's going to be sustainable. We might even take a, a share in it each, but we'll serve us a larger geography. We'll serve more customers, and we'll start growing that through through our reach, through our digital network. You know, there's nothing stopping that now, and that's where I think that small business barrier the plumber needs to think differently about how they might uh, approach their market and who they might approach their market with. I was talking to a company the other day and 
from their firm into into you know the infrastructure development and contracting around uh, both infrastructure plumbing electrical and, and you know a lot of their uh, subbies that they used they just couldn't afford to stay afloat so what they did was they brought them all online and said well what we'll do is we'll bring you into our fold and basically rather than having yourself run business they brought all the subbies in and they've put them on wages and they've because they've still got the work and these guys are doing the work and they're still getting paid and now that's great but i dare say there's another way you could do that if all those subbies got together and, and formed their own company and still kept their margin prices up and and still were able to do what they were doing before uh, but utilize the collaboration space with the, with the bigger company who's actually driving and, and, and getting the work through rfp all i heard was roll-ups <laughs> no but you you're exactly right and so i've been talking with a, a few different people recently about this next wave of opportunities for for roll-ups and consolidation uh, we had lisa ty from deloitte one of the associate directors um oh, in your building actually um that was on and, and we're talking about you know like within um a lot of these smaller uh contractors and stuff than the pacifica sort of crew i was like well why isn't there just a a, a, a cultural roll-up for all these different Pacifica businesses that are doing professional services under one thing instead of Tom, Dick, and Harry all cruising around. They're like, oh, yeah, that'd be mean. It's like, yeah, but but to that point, there are probably 100,000 different business opportunities like that right now in New Zealand, but the people that need to make them are still stuck in operations, not in what that opportunity above is. If you were, you know, you don't know much about these this roll-ups in this crazy world and what of that, but you want to, where could you go? What could you do? Like, what would a first step be if you were a small New Zealand business that's stuck in a spot like that, that potentially could look at the consolidation power of, of others? Like, how would yep. you, how would you sort of approach that? Uh, look, I'd, I'd approach it in a couple of ways. I think you've got you got your local business chambers of commerce and business associations. They're a really good place to start because if anyone's experiencing any difficulty, that's where they're going to go. And they're going to talk to chambers of commerce and, and business associations and, and they can start the conversations. So that's one. You've got your uh, trade organizations. So you've got your, you know, your, your ITOs and, and, and those sorts of things uh, that, that actually people can start to connect to have that conversation. And I would, uh, propose that the trade and, and the organizations, uh, the uh, obligations of those organizations are the ones that should be really starting to think about this. How can they digitally enable some of these smaller players to actually connect together? And it's not that difficult to set up a shared service agency across, for example, plumbers. And you know, if you, you don't have to look at the ITO for plumbing, and it's already there. What it does need is it needs them to start to think and invest in some infrastructure around digital technology to enable that. There's no reason why we couldn't have a plumber bid library across the country. There's no reason whatsoever. So you could set up every single job from, from you take we take housing, put it into a bid library, and then you could have regional bid libraries going along and, and, and those plumbers could start bidding for that work and work through that process. So, and in fact, we've already got some of these platforms that are open and available and, and, and sort of situate ourselves out there. I think the, the thing for people to uh, be careful about is obviously making sure that they've still got to eat and they're still going to pay the bills and they're still going to make a you know make their business viable uh sometimes when you go through these you can get into a bit of a price war and that's not 
you know, pricing is good for the customer. That is relevant, but it's also relevant in terms of the quality and the output that you get too. So you've got to work across um, work across those fronts to make sure that the, you're not eating away at, at the small business person's margin. So they're you know they're getting two fifths of stuff on which make it, which is also making it hard for them to stay in business. Get it. Um, roll ups. Roll ups. <laughs> you could not necessarily straight roll ups, but I know that's going to be big on a lot of people's lists. Um, and, and I can tell you from the banking perspective, uh, a lot of people are asking about hey, look, are there any um, industries or, or, or people we should be talking to that might want to consolidate? And that's going to happen. That's natural in this market. So that's not, not unnatural. It'll happen. Uh, but there are other ways to, to, to actually do that for uh, particularly for the, for those small business type, uh, type type people. Totally get it. Um, as usual, brother, always love a good banter and a yarn. I know you got a billions of dollars you got to try and put back into the economy somehow. You'll be f- figuring it out. No pressure, but I'm sure you'll be fine. We'll have you on again at another time soon. Uh, appreciate your, your help, bro, and um, best of luck. And uh, hopefully, you're flipping. Offices come back come back online soon. That's the plan. So uh, you know, um, come back online soon, fifty fifty, and we'll, we'll get into it. And we're we're there to support you know the the SME economy, drive that new digital future and transformation uh, into that. So you know, if anyone wants to talk or, or needs anything, please reach out. Um, you know, don't be shy. Uh, I'm available, happy to help. So thank you, thank you again, Robert. It's great to be here. Bro, easy as. All right, sure, brother. Um, love your work, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, bro. Peace. The bro, Carnal Luke, weapon, machine, business dogger, dealing with the billions, roll-ups. There is, I would not have thought that it would be Christmas-like spending right after you go from level two, but then then again, if you've been at home cooped up for a, you know, month and a bit, you're flopping just hyped to get out and go, you know, buy some of the, buy some new kicks or go do your bits and pieces. Of course, you're going to do that shit. That's, That's what you do. Um... This next wave is interesting. Collaboration, you know, um, consolidation of other different businesses. Being a bit more creative with with your cash flow, pushing stop on anything that's not necessary or requirement for your business. Pretty good stuff. Um, the crew, the stuff that we're working on with uh, on with Brightfire, uh, the crew at BNZ again behind as well with my business live, so you can go check that out too, which is pretty sweet. And we'll see you all at the next one, team. Good yarns, good times. See you soon.